Protecting students and teachers when they step into school is priority number one. On School Safety Today, a podcast from Raptor Technologies, we'll bring you the technologies and leadership that protects over 35,000 schools across the United States. Welcome to the School Safety Today podcast brought to you by Raptor Technologies. I'm Joey Waller. Well, the Texas school shootings tragedy, again, putting student safety in the news and on the forefront of public consciousness. Indeed, today we're discussing school security best practices, specifically an emerging trend called digital floor plan mapping. Our guest, Michael Rogers, founder and CEO of Critical Response Group, also known as CRG. Now, using Raptor's technology, CRG and Raptor team to protect thousands of schools, businesses, hospitals, and many other critical infrastructure. They work with public safety agencies, equipping first responders with valuable site-specific information during an emergency. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, I appreciate the opportunity. So you're a West Point grad and an ex-United States Army captain who saw five combat deployments overseas. How did you customize a military communication technique called digital mapping for public safety in schools? I appreciate that. So my background is unique. I come out of a long family of public safety professionals. So that's what the family's done for five generations. So when I came home from overseas and had this unique access to how we were doing everything over there, these best practices, when I came home, I was able to take what we were doing and use the, the assistance of public safety to help us transition that technique out. But really the inspiration for this whole thing is my wife is a school teacher. I have two little kids in the public school system. And that's where we wanted to take what we learned overseas, use public safety professional domestically to help us round it out and make sure we were you know, doing something that would actually help in the, in the space. So this is obviously something that's been a passion of yours, both professionally and personally, as you mentioned, literally hitting home, right? Uh, yes, sir. Very much so. It's something I think about the first thing I wake up and go to bed every day. Interesting. And so what's that like to have this be really your life's mission? There's no greater honor. Um, and it's really kind of coming back to the team that we've built out to take this technique overseas and apply it home. And we look at the, the military has provided some a very unique laboratory, specifically war, a very unique laboratory to solve complex problems overseas and bring it home. When you go back to the Vietnam War, one of the largest lessons that we learned there was trauma management and the establishment of the golden hour, which has saved countless lives. So we look very, we look back to those lessons and we want to you know take this lesson from the war that we served in and apply that forward. So let's get into some specifics now. What are some of the problems that exist in school security that you help to solve? What we realized when we kind of set down this method, down this mission of taking the mapping technique used by U.S. Special Operations, we initially applied it to a couple schools, and then we started getting feedback from law enforcement. And that's really when we opened up Pandora's box of the issues of what the type of data that's on file today. And there's a number of issues. The first is that imagery is always presented in true north. So if a first responder launches Google Earth or Bing Mapping or any imagery source, they get a north is up piece of imagery. But when you look at blueprints and building schematics, they're actually created in what's called project or plan north, which is arbitrary. So literally every building blueprint in the country is rotated in a different cardinal direction. Second issue is that the buildings on average are over 50 years old. So that's 50 years of changes, renovations, and additions. So unfortunately that data, that those blueprints are not reliable. Um, the third issue is that the floor plans are not labeled to match the nomenclature of the facility. And by that, I mean, as you look at a floor plan today, it's rare 
that it says building one, building one or classroom two or door five or the principal's office. So none of it's labeled, preventing people from being able to communicate. And then lastly, it's not integrated into the tools used by our public safety professionals across the country. So and that's what we really attacked is making sure it's up to date and compatible with our nation's first responders. So you're really talking about, so to speak, going from the old to the new or the older to the newer. So where do you start? You start at the beginning. You work very closely with the school district to understand what they have in place. And concurrent to that, we work very closely with the public safety professionals to understand the technology that they have deployed in the field. And that's where we pride ourselves is really bridging this gap because we're true subject matter experts in terms of what the public safety professional is using. And then also working with the school districts to kind of bridge that gap. So we start, what do they both have deployed today? And then kind of work to create the data and then ultimately integrate that data across the public safety um, you know, technical platforms. But one of the main issues that we see is that a lot of times a school will buy a, you know, a solution and only provide it to their you know, municipal or local first responders. We kind of open it up past that and we target all disciplines, all public safety uh, professionals, um, all jurisdictions. And our intent is it doesn't matter your level of training, your jurisdiction or your public safety discipline. We want to create a common operating picture across the, across the ecosystem. So when you talk about that commonality, I know that one thing that's involved here is something called shared language. What do we mean by that? So we prefer plain text language where we want to take the language of how the structure is actually labeled. So as we've gone across the country, we've done you know, thousands of schools. A lot of times when you go to the elementary school in a school district and then the middle school, the next school district, their doors are most often labeled differently. And by that, I mean, you know, door, the first school might have an ABC and then goes clockwise. And then you go to the middle school next door and it's one, two, three counterclockwise. So it's very important that we go and actually gather the appropriate data and those labels and it's standardized and then shared with everybody. So it's less of an issue if the, the buildings are shared or correction, if they're um, labeled differently, as long as everyone has the appropriate data on file. So now, as mentioned, CRG, of course, teams with Raptor Technologies, which makes the school safety software used by more than 50,000 schools worldwide. That's amazing. So what are some of the capabilities that Raptor's technology provides when we talk about digital floor plan mapping and really beyond, right? Yes, sir. So we focus on the creation of the mapping file. Raptor is best in class at understanding the needs of the school and from a security and safety uh, perspective. And we are integrating our mapping data directly into their tool. So they are the delivery, from our perspective, they are the delivery mechanism of the mapping data into the school district. We then work very closely with the public safety professionals to understand what tools that they have deployed. And we put the mapping data in there. Often it's in different file formats because different systems, not interoperable. It requires two different type of mapping files to create the same base map. So Raptor is really taking the lead in, you know, disseminating the mapping data into the schools and we're taking the public safety professionals and then we're able to meet in the middle. So at least when everyone is talking off of a structure, everyone knows where door five is. So you get everyone on the same page from the different emergency personnel, et cetera. And then what exactly are some of the most important features of the digital floor plan mapping? What does it enable emergency personnel, law enforcement, et cetera, to actually do? So it's a very simple fix to an extremely complicated issue that we see. Whereas you look at the problem, pick any tragedy we've had across this country, the responders that are going to that location have often never been to that location before. So we're asking them to communicate 
navigate in an extremely stressful environment in a location that they've never been to before. So that's why we're able to look back at how the military solved that problem and then bring it forward. Also, while understanding the problems that our public safety professionals were, were dealing with across the country, because all the data is out of date and often not accessible. So as you look at this complicated problem, we're able to take what the school has, we're able to take the systems that they have in place and really just kind of bring it all together. And our goal at the end of the day is to ensure that the responders have the data that they need to drive an efficient decision and make the safest decision possible for them and the, the individuals in that structure. I would think it would be relatively obvious to most people watching and listening what some of the advantages would be of such technology, but maybe walk us through some of the key elements of that, because maybe there are some that as lay people, some of us aren't as aware of. Yeah, no, it's 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 great question. It's interesting because we sell pictures for a living. So sometimes it's difficult to you know navigate that. But what, what it is, is we take an up-to-date piece of aerial imagery and start, and that starts as a base layer. We then take whatever data is in place at that school. So that old schematic, the old blueprint, something that's literally drawn on a cocktail napkin. And we use that as a, as a starting point for us to understand the layout of that structure. We then create our own two-dimensional graphic that gets overlaid on top of the imagery. And that's a very important part. So now we're fixing that first issue of standardizing the orientation of the mapping data. So it's true north and it matches the imagery. From there, we then go on site and we make sure that the graphics are accurate, from the reliable from a, the matching the structure. And we also gather the site-specific labels. So if it's classroom two or door five or stairway 15, our labels match the physical structure, which enables everyone to communicate as efficiently as possible about that specific location. Next thing that we do is we find, I have a couple more things. Next thing that we do is we find the critical features for the structure. So if it's a fire access control panel, a gas shut off, that gets marked. And then lastly, we grid it out and like almost like a game of battleship, which is a lesson taken from the military. And the whole intent there is just to standardize it. So independent of if you're a police officer, a teacher, a firefighter, an EMT, a public safety telecommunicator, it's a very simple, easy to use graphic with minimal training required. And so if there is a high level emergency going on in a school, for instance, let's say it's a shooter, let's say it's some other disturbance, and law enforcement and other emergency personnel are called. What are some of the types of scenarios that you have dealt with at various locations that this technology helps in fighting? So we always wanna start at how that initial call for help comes out of the structure with the public safety answering points. Our mapping data is integrated to a number of the platforms that sit there. So when that initial call comes in, if it's a map or a building that we've mapped, that map is initially presented to that call taker, which is an extremely important part of the process because now, you know, let's say it's a third grade teacher who's communicating about the building that she's worked in for 20 years. He or she is going to say, you know, I'm having this issue in room 18. But if the initial person who takes that call has never been to that structure, they have no idea where room 18 is. And then the next step is as they're pushing resources to that location, they're trying to relay information and communicate but there's no common language between the person on the ground, the person who receives the call, and ultimately the individuals making the response. So the graphics that we've seen it, you know, unfortunately, but we're you know super proud to be part of it, a number of real-world occasions where the mapping data has been used through the entire process. And it's you know, it's great to see, it's very unfortunate, but we love the, you know the piece you know that we're bringing to this with all our experience is that you know some officers show up and they have it printed out in a piece of paper, some have it on their cell phone, some have it in the computer in the car. Some have it, you know, the school professionals have it in Raptor. And it's just a really simple, easy to use map. And it enables everyone to actually communicate as efficiently as possible.
So that's what we're really striving for is just clear, concise communication. Without this technology, what are some of the obstacles that law enforcement and emergency personnel, fire personnel, et cetera, what are some of the obstacles that they faced really all these years up until more recently when you've provided this that have gotten in the way of doing their life and death job many times, right? There's a study that was recently published that talks about nearly 80% of radio communication during an incident is about location. And the reason it's about location is because the individuals that are responding to the location have never been there before. So when they get an instruction that says, go to the cafeteria or go to door five or go to the north side of the structure, if they've never been there before, that's it. We're setting them up for failure. And again, that's where we look at the lessons learned in the military. You know, Luckily, the, the war has provided us, this again, this unique laboratory to solve this problem because we had so many repetitions of having to wayfind in unfamiliar locations overseas. We were forced to solve this problem. So that's why we, we take a great deal of pride in bringing that back because we have these lessons learned to help us advance the ball here. But to your, you know, your root of your question, the hardest thing that I can't even imagine being in that type of situation um, is going to location on the most stressful day of your life and every second matters and your decisions matter and you've never been there before. To me, that's got to be an incredibly stressful thing. So we want to make sure that we give them the data to just drive accurate and educated decisions. Yeah. You know, we hear the term time is money, but in this case, time is often life and death, right? Yes, sir. And one of the biggest things is, you know, how do you reduce time throughout the duration of the event? And it's, you know, of course, it's the initial response into it. It's the ability to put that officer um, to the correct location as quickly as possible. But it's also the integration of our medical, our medical you know, professionals across the country. How do I get them into the structure? How do we enable real easy communication across the different public safety disciplines, enabling a police officer and a firefighter and a medical technician to speak in a common language about a structure they've never been to before? So exactly as we look at you know, the importance of time, it's really time across the aggregate, but you know, we're going to reduce time by enabling everyone to speak and integrate with the you know, other public safety partners. Now, Michael, CRG has a team that includes U.S. Special Operations Forces veterans. You've got public safety professionals, technical experts. It's quite a team, and your solutions have been applied really to thousands of high-stress incidents all over the world. So give us an idea of what kinds of emergencies. We've talked about shootings, violence, that type thing, but... Beyond that, what kinds of emergencies have produced this successful track record? Well, what it really comes back to is the military's requirement to operate under stress in unfamiliar environments. And that was either going out and executing a night raid, which is ultimately where this came about. Um, so that was where the, this whole thing really started was how do I take, you know, Army Rangers and Navy SEALs and Green Berets and Delta Force operators, put them in a unique team and have them work together. And we were forced to create some common ground, ultimately create this common operating picture. As we come back, the technique can really be used across the board. And unfortunately, we're always talking about active threat situations, but it's everything from, you know, a minor medical uh, emergency, like someone breaks a leg or a reunification planning for a structure or, you know, someone that's having, you know, chest pain. Anything can really be used because the same problem set exists. You're going to have a responder going to a location that they're unfamiliar with, and they're going to be told to go to a very specific location to solve a problem. But if they can't find that specific location efficiently and in a time efficient manner, then we're not setting them up to be successful. So it's really, you know, all crimes, all threats, all hazards. When there's an incident that's unfolding or a drill that's being executed, this, this technique is applied across the board. And you mentioned drill. So you led me perfectly into my next question, which is CRG 
as we've touched on, collaborates with schools, with law enforcement, and others. So that includes testing and drill management using Raptor's Drill Manager. How does that work? So the biggest thing that we pride ourselves is on the implementation of the data. If we could best, we, you know, we build, in my opinion, the best indoor map in the world. But if that map is not on file and been exercised by those that need it, then my opinion, we have really failed at our job. So we focus as soon as the mapping data is delivered, that the mapping data is exercised with public safety, but then also within that school district and in the professional technique or the professional software deployed by Raptor within the, the, the drill tool makes it really easy for the school professionals to exercise that and also integrate the public safety professionals into those drills. So it's really the best in class software I've seen for how to execute and exercise at the school level. But concurrent to that, we're a lot of times we're at facilitating, we call them tabletop exercises, where we will really print out that mapping data as the size of like, you know, half a basketball court, a really big map, get the school professionals around it, get the public, safeties around, public safety partners around it. And it's not just the municipal police department. Of course, they're there and they take the lead. But it's all the public safety disciplines that could potentially be called on to, you know, respond to in a location like that. And but again, Raptor there with the school, everyone's really exercising the tools that they have deployed so they're comfortable. And the mapping is just a base layer that sits, you know, kind of the glue that ties it all together. So Raptor provides this cutting edge technology. CRG provides all the background and training, et cetera. You guys team up, you collaborate with all these different organizations. But let's say it's a school. What does the principal need to know, need to do? What about some of the other staff, the teachers? How do they get behind being part of this effort? We're always looking for a progressive educator who wants to kind of help bridge the gap between public safety and the educational community. And so that's really step one is someone who just wants to take that step forward. The other big thing is we want to make sure we're not looking for them to be first responders. We want to educate them on what a response looks like. We want to educate and really, most importantly, build the relationships by those that will be executing that response. And that's where we really focus those educators on is, you know, they're a professional educator, they have a tremendous amount of responsibility, but really how do we just start the conversation between who has different parts of the ultimate response and, you know, that the principal or the custodial staff or, you know, pick your individual out of that school, they, they're gonna have a tremendous amount of knowledge at the front end of, a, of an event. So how do we go and, and plug them into potentially a unified command or other locations that they can really be you know, extremely helpful throughout the duration of an event. What do you think has taken so long for this to be embraced? Obviously, it is being embraced more than ever, but why have things been done the old-fashioned way for so many years, do you think? I don't think anybody ever knew it. When people look at really specific to what we do, people say it's, it's so simple, it's brilliant. And, and I think it had to come from you know, everyone's trying to, you know, doing great work to solve because it's an extremely complicated problem set that we're all embarking on uh, to solve. But, you know, potentially they just didn't understand kind of the, the lowest level what was required. So, so that's where the, the mapping kind of serves as a, uh, a foundational element of that. But I think a lot of times people, you know, pr things that are progressive, people, you know, or it's hard to kind of step into something like that. And, it, and it's different than the way we've always done it. Um, but unfortunately, the terrible tragedies that we're seeing across the country, it is forcing action. It is forcing a different way to look at things. Um, and we will be there to assist people as they're looking at different options to put something in place uh, to save a life. And speaking of which, Michael, let's talk about some of those that are embracing it in a big way, specifically in the state of Virginia. Now, they're offering school districts grant money toward implementing this digital mapping. And the state is partnering with CRG 
in that program. So if a district is interested, there's money there to help pay for it. And it's gotten a great response, right? Tell us about that. Yes, sir. We're, you know, the, the Office of School Safety in the state of Virginia has been extremely progressive of trying to solve this legacy issue. You know, they know that as they look across all the floor plans of the schools across that state, like every state in the country, some of the buildings have rolled up floor plans. Some don't have anything. Some have an AutoCAD file. So it's all different types of floor plans and none of it's integrated with the public safety platforms. So they identified that issue and we're very proud to be helping them solve that solution. You know, within the first really two weeks of that program being up and running, about a quarter of the schools have signed up and are, are working through that process. So uh, we are definitely seeing from our own business cadence, it's moving at a pace unlike anything we, we've seen uh, up to this point. Um, but in addition to that, you know, the state of New Jersey, where I'm very proud to be from, that's where our office is located. We have field offices spread throughout the country, but New Jersey's my home state. About 65% of the public schools are already mapped in this state. And that's been a ground up approach. But concurrent, you know, along with that, the state of New Jersey is also looking um, to advance the ball from a top down approach. And there's five other states that we're working with very closely that are looking to do the same exact thing in Virginia. So, you know, Act of Virginia, extremely progressive. We're so proud to be working with them. Um, and they are really leading the nation in terms of standardizing this data and ultimately making it accessible. And as we get set to wrap up, just a couple of other things. I want to go back to something we talked about at the beginning or that you mentioned, the fact that your wife is a teacher, which I find so interesting in view of what we're talking about and specifically in view of what you do and what your life's work has become. What's it like for teachers like your wife to know that there's that comfort level of this extra technology and that they're a lot better equipped than they would have been years ago. Yeah. And it's funny. It's my wife is a teacher and my two younger sisters are teachers. So, and every school that they teach in, obviously they, they're mapped and every person that works for our company, if they have a family member that is in a school from any, you know, even if their child goes to school or um, their spouse is a teacher. Every one of those schools is mapped. We take a great deal of pride in that. Um, but it's also comforting to them to know that we're taking some true subject matter experts and helping them solve the problem. We're not the overall, you know, the, the end all be all solution. But in my opinion, we're a piece of the solution, a much bigger solution to help us uh, advance, you know, and set ourselves up for success across the country. So um, I take a great deal of pride in that. I know every person that joins in, you know, to sign up for the mission of CRG takes a great deal of pride in that. Um, so thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, certainly uh, it's been a valuable look here today with you inside this great partnership between Raptor and CRG that's helping keep those in schools as safe as possible and elsewhere as well as we've covered. Michael Rogers, founder and CEO of Critical Response Group CRG. You're doing great work, you and yours, along with Raptor. Uh, thanks so much for that. And uh, keep it up. And uh, best of luck and keep safe in the future. Thanks, sir. You too. I appreciate the time. And to those of you watching, this has been the School Safety Today podcast brought to you by Raptor Technologies. Thanks again so much for being with us. I'm Joey Wallace.